Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Bigger podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, I'm not sure I care how you are right now because this great Gourds of Fire is delightful. I brought a good beer. You did bring a good beer. This is from Hopworks Urban Brewery based out of Portland. It's a pumpkin <laughs> ale with ancho chilies and spices. And one of my primary bitches about pumpkin ales come fall is that they, like, I like a pumpkin pie beer. I like Night Owl a lot. Yep. Like, yep. take yep. your pick of pumpkin beers. But they're very pedestrian. They're very one-dimensional. It's like, okay, neat. Here is a pumpkin pie beer. This is that on the front and then has just this nice, subtle, kind of like Mexican hot chocolate warmth yeah. throughout. It, it, it's not really spicy, but you get uh, you get that flavor of, of spice. You get mm-hmm. like the... You get the mouthfeel of chilies. Yeah. Like it's just a Mexican hot chocolate. It's not spicy. It's yeah. just warming. Yeah. But just on, just on your tongue. Like it, kind of the back third of your tongue. It's pretty good. So two things. One, Hopworks is a really cool company. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, two, well, three things. Two, most of their beers come in Tall Boys, which I'm a huge fan of. Four packs. If That's right. If if 12 is good, 16 is better. Almost always. <laughs> and three, I had one of these the other night, and I was like, holy crap. This is maybe my favorite fall beer. I think with brown ales um, or any sort of autumnal ale. (laughs) Oh, we're going classy tonight. You you tend to get uh, you tend to get that like really springy bubble. Mm -hmm. And yeah, way high carbonate. Yeah. yeah. This is this has got a nice relaxed bubble. Which I like. Give me a relaxed bubble. It's almost, not quite, almost got a nitro vibe to it. Ooh, yeah. It's got a very creamy mouthfeel. Um. Nice and moist. No, it's got a like a like a thick a thick texture feel. All right, moving on. Everett, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, we we had a I think our first like it's fall day here in Oregon. So not I was outside all day for it, so I'm well aware. <laughs> not bad, dang near the middle of October, but it was like I am fall and I have arrived and here's some rain. <laughs> <laughs> torrential at points uh, and, and you know it's it's rained but it's always kind of felt like that summer rain um today was like a little chilly you got some of that like weird humidity but also cold anyway it was like here we are fall has arrived everybody's got their halloween decorations up trees are turning i was like i'm kind of into it frankly yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into it. ready for fall feel because we just haven't had it. It's felt like like last week I got sunburned through a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it we was, had some like 85 degree days last that's, week. That's too much for Oregon fall. Yeah. And now it's here. It's kind here. of enforced. And hopefully what I'm what I'm 
the, the long range projections say that Saturday will be a good day for us to be in the prime viewing of the annular eclipse. I will not be in Oregon at the time, so I'm going to miss it. Yeah, what t- what time is that? It's, ooh, I think it's in the morning. Yeah, I, it's I like think, nine in the morning. So I think it is going to happen either during or right before my nephew's soccer game, which is kind of fun. Like we will be at the soccer game uh, during the eclipse. I'm, I'm looking right now. At NASA's website. No, that's the travel organ. I don't care about that. NASA's website. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, you know, I, I was I think it changes. It's different depending on where you're at for, for obvious reasons. Um, um, it begins in Oregon at 9.13 a.m. PDT and ends in Tejas at 12.03 p.m. CDT. Yeah, so I think probably like 9.30-ish, so probably right at the beginning of the game. I wonder yeah. if they'll stop the game. I don't think they'll have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> it will turn to night. But it, it's annular, so it, it's not a full, it's not a total eclipse of the sun. But the total eclipse, it turned to like darkest night I've ever experienced. Yeah, Dark. So you don't get that with an annular eclipse. It's still, it, it stays, I mean, it definitely becomes less bright. I mean, like 98% of the sun is obscured. Yeah, and and we might also have a pretty significant cloud cover, so I think that that will will change things. It's looking good right now. I'll be in Las Vegas this weekend, so I'll be in the, like, Like, 80% coverage zone at, what, like, this night in the morning, or it'll probably be, like, 10, 15, 10, 30. Is Vegas uh, mountain time? It looks like it. <laughs> All right. Well, it good. looks like it ought to be mountain time. Well, good. But uh, yeah, we decided to go this weekend because next weekend is the World Series of Poker. So everything was three times more expensive, though it would have been really cool to be there during World Series of Poker. It was not three times more expensive, worth it, cool. Yeah. 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 Well, that'll be fun. It will be fun. Vegas will be fun. I'm going to go to a bunch of ADs. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to talk about tonight is related to that i'm excited by it there's some data driven science there um and that being said we should maybe talk about watches instead of beer and soccer and yeah i mean we're seven minutes that's fine folks just stick around we always get there we're talking about interesting stuff stuff you should care about but as you state we are talking about watches tonight we're going to do a straight roundup tonight uh, before we move into our new format, we're going to go back to a little bit of just a classic straight roundup um, because there was just too much cool What's our new format? stuff to talk about. Oh, so Andrew, uh, if you're listening, Andrew wasn't here last week. I wasn't, and uh, I did not listen to the episode. I had a weird week, wasn't able to be here. Thanks, Will, for pardon. Thank you, Daddy, for stepping up. Covering for me. That's what daddies do. And I appreciate it. Uh, so you all at home know that we're going to move into sort of a, a themed roundup as we move forward. I'll give Andrew the details. He's always late to the party with these things. Never He'll once be been on time. Fashionably late, as it were. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. We are today talking about watches. Andrew, do you... 
Do you want to kick us off? Do you want right. me to kick <clears throat> us off? Allow me, please. Because uh, it's something that I'm like is interesting, but it's also very much like the Moonwatch iterations. Oh, Harvest Moon. Um, kind of, it's kind of worn out for me in the way of the new limited edition Porsche design chronograph one utility. Cool thing about this is they're doing it in their proprietary titanium carbide, which is neat. Uh, but also, you know, at some point you just gotta accept that that well is empty and quit going back to it and do other cool shit. I understand that the Porsche design chronograph one is kind of a thing in and of itself and they can make a hundred iterations and every single iteration is going to be really cool because they have all this cool technology and all this cool financial ass to do R and D and to do neat materials. But at some point for me, enough is enough. I don't need the same watch in a dozen materials. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. I saw it. I'm like, Oh cool. Titanium carbide. Neat in and of itself, but not really neat enough to get me jacked up. This is a limited edition of 250 pieces, which is definitely appropriate for this kind of iterative release. They're doing a, a, a thing here. I'm not sure if I get it. It's definitely not for me. Do more shit in titanium carbide though, because that is for me. Not my wallet, but that's for me. Yeah, so I'm on record, I think, in saying the Porsche Orfina military case. I think this is probably, if not my favorite, one of my favorite cases of all time. I think that there's really something special about it. I'm fine with this for a couple of reasons. One, it's limited edition, and it's truly limited to 200 pieces. Two, it's got a whole bunch of neat shit going on. So this is not a military. It's a utility, which, uh, okay. Um, I'm not 100% sold on the on the real differences. <laughs> it's got a, uh, it's got a, a, a logo at 430, uh, which is a, a marmot, uh, which I'm cool with that. It's a monkey. Uh, a monkey, which is uh, a marmot. A marmot. <laughs> it's a weasel. <laughs> and it is a um, it's it's a, a driving destination. So these are uh, you know really neat watches. They've got the work one point two forty movement, which is a fantastic fly flyback chronograph movement from Porsche. This is a really a pretty terrific movement. It's got great dimensions, uh, 40 millimeters. It, it's, it's a little bit of a chunk, uh, 14.15, but you get all the water resistance. Uh, it, it, this is, this is not a cheap watch. 13,000, 13,000 bucks. It's got a terrific set of, uh, colors. You've got the, a little bit of blue on the dial. Um, it's, it's a beautiful watch. Yeah. And, and so I'm fine with it. Look, I, it, there's always, there's always room for more watches. Okay. I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I saw the harvest moon release today. Cost certified, by the way, it is, it is cost. 
which you'd sort of expect at the $13,000 price point. <laughs> and and working with in-house staff. I'm just... I Iterative releases, not improvement, but just like tweaks, are maybe grinding my gears right now. You know, I think you're going to be okay. I, I probably won't be. <laughs> this does have a quick release system on it, and I don't see... I haven't been able to figure it out, but it looks to me uh, like the quick change may be the same as in your... It looks super similar to the Santos, except that the the press isn't depra- isn't flush. Yeah, it sticks out a little the, bit. Yeah, the, like for the unfamiliar, the quick release functionality in the Santos is a flush depression that when you depress it, it releases the, the spring bars. This is kind of a button press. It's very much the same technology with just a slightly different execution. But it comes on a leather bun strap and a, what's a nylon yeah. textile strap? Yeah, some sort of nylon, yeah. With the location for the fat ice race in Zillam C. I do think that it is that that Cartier licenses that that tech for the quick release. Don't quote me, but I do believe that's a licensed tech, and so that it, it, well, that was why um, who was making the aftermarket straps? Uh, D lugs. Yeah, that's why that was what D lugs ran into was they were. Uh, they were doing something they maybe ought not to have been. Yeah. So and then they quickly stopped. It, it's it's very possible that, um, it's very possible that Porsche's figured out a way to license that tech. So that wouldn't be surprising. Hey, hey, look, it, this is a cool watch. I'm I'm not opposed even a little bit. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. Cool case, cool movement, and cool, cool material, right? The titanium carbide is is neat. And the one, uh, I'll just say the the one point one four zero movement, the or one point two four zero, is a. I, I mean, it's a modified seventy seven fifty, is what this winds mm-hmm. up being, right? One point one four zero. Yeah, I think it might be one two four zero. It's one one four zero caliber. Mm. I'm reading it on the spec sheet. I'm showing Andrew and I may be wrong. And I'm showing later in the article no, that know, you might I, be wrong. I, I, Somebody's I wrong here and I it's know. not us. It's Hodinky. That's why I say who's it, miss, I'm not sure which it is. They but. are lying to us. We should start a campaign against <laughs> this just irresponsible journalism where typos are unacceptable. I want to talk about Baltic. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I was intrigued by that, too. So Baltic, French brand, maker of micro-brand watches that are very affordable. And when we say very affordable, I mean 500 bucks, right? Yeah, like to 1000 Bal- Baltic's making 500 to to $1,000 watches, which is very much our space. Uh, and they, they released a new one. They released a new one. They're calling this the... Okay, look. I'm not French or Swiss. I believe Swiss. Swiss. Uh, I believe Hermetic Tour. I think Hermetic Tour. Okay. Uh, which is a 37 millimeter. I'd call this a field watch, or or perhaps a uh, or or perhaps a 
an explorer's watch. This is a classic field watch with phenomenal dimensions, a gorgeous dial, wonderful fonts, which... Fonts are your love language. Which one of my favorite things. And a sleeper, a sleeper case. Okay. Yes. The case on this thing is a sleeper. Uh, it, it, at first glance, this is a really sort of straightforward 1960s, I'd say maybe 50s. I'd even, yeah, I'd go 50s. This is small. Dial sports case, but it, it's got, it's got a trick up its sleeve. Which is a integrated crown or a crown that's sort of recessed or integrated into the case at the three o'clock. Um, Very much the way the SNK crown is recessed into the case. Y- y- yes. And per- perhaps even a little bit more, uh, perhaps even a little. Now, there's there's some some Easter eggs here. So... There is a very, very famous watch designer from the late 19th, early 20th century named Francois Borgel or Borgel. You can Borgel. you can DM me if you if you care. Uh, who was along with our our good friend, friend of the show, Hans Wildorf, uh, one of the sort of pioneers of waterproof cases. And Mr. Borgel actually has a, a, a claim to earlier waterproof case designs than even Hans Wildorf. Uh, and this fellow was selling watches, watch cases specifically to the likes of Patek Philippe, IWC, uh, um, Mido, you know, Movado, big, oh, the mighty have fallen, <laughs> big players. Uh, a couple watches that are notable to that point. W- one is the 1950s Mito Multifort Power Wind, which is a Borgel designed case that looks very much like this Hermetique. Another one is the, it's an IWC and it is called, oh boy, I'm sorry. I had a Hermit. up. Oh, the Hermet or Hermé, um, which interesting. Okay, we're we're starting to get somewhere. Also, there is a patent from Mister Borgel from I want to say eighteen ninety four for a three piece waterproof pocket watch case, wherein he calls it the. Aromatique. De three pests. And so this, we've got a whole bunch of Easter eggs. I don't see that Baltic is being, um, I don't see that Baltic is being real explicit about any of this stuff, which I kind of like. They're certainly not trying to hide it. But But they're being really subtle about it. This is a really subtle, nerdy homage. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm here for it. So a, a couple things you might notice, 12369 case, kind of explorer-ish. This doesn't look anything like an explorer. However, it fits right into their Baltic, like Laurier. And I put these two brands in, of I, I, I put them pretty closely together. They live in the same neighborhood. These are my 
favorite kinds of brands. Here mm-hmm. we have a watch that is totally different than anything that's ever been made and yet captures the essence. It's so familiar. So familiar. This captures the essence of what this watch may have been perfectly modern, perfectly capable, 150 meter watch, beautifully constructed, modern construction all around. You can get this on a tropical strap. You can get it on a flat link. You can get it on a Jubilee or, or excuse me, a Beads of Rice. Miona 9039. You've got these great three-dimensional loomed markers on the dial. You've got this ring of metal. I, I mean, totally modern, but feels like it could be from 1960. I'm seeing two different dials. Well, there, um, there are four dials. Not colors. I'm seeing different. Oh, no, that's a Mido. That's a reference dial. Okay. Yeah. So there is a... I like those uh, triangular markers, even with the like kind of pyramid, like that, that true vintage Mido reference. Oh yeah. Those are, those are like that with the pyramid markers and the kind of like almost like Luxor (laughs) pyramid uh, feel uh, 12, six, three and nines. I like that. I want one of those. You know, I think the that... The Mido Multifort Powerwind. Here we are in the middle of October, and I think Baltic's got a case for the best watch release of the year. The best micro-brand mm. or affordable watch release of the year. There's something to be said for... This is not fancy. This is a three-hand watch. It's inspired, though. It is such a great distillation of so many things. And you can recognize all of those things in it. And it's still a creation in and of itself. Miona 9039, whatever. Um, Great. I I love that movement, obviously. Uh, We've got 37 millimeters. 11 millimeters thick, even with the big old crystal, uh, big, bright loom. Twenty, And I'm glad they went with the 20 millimeter lugs here. I think a lot of companies would be tempted to go with an 18 or a 19. They did the right thing. 20 is the right decision here. 37 millimeter case. I think it's terrific. I think this might be my sub 1000 watch of the year. I think that 20 millimeter lug width on a 37 millimeter or even 36 millimeter watch forces your perspective to make that watch feel and wear smaller. I think when you shrink your lugs down to 18, it, it falsely inflates the size of the dial and, and appears to be a 40 millimeter watch because proportionally it, that's how it ought to be. But with a little bit wider lug set on there, it shrinks the head of the watch. And I think that's a really appropriate size. That 36 by 20 mm-hmm. makes that watch look, feel, and appear smaller on your wrist. Yeah, that's that's it's not a bad point. Yeah. And if you're wanting to wear a 50s, 60s style, inspired even by older watch design... You want it to look smaller. I mean, this would be money at like 34 by 18, but a 37 by 20 is like is proportionally 
yeah. super appropriate. Yeah, I think this thing's, I think it's great. Uh, I'm not officially ranking it or naming it anything, but I think this is a candidate for... But ever did just go on record and say top three of the year. <laughs> certainly, it, it's it's certainly a candidate. It's up there. This is a This is a really killer release from Baltic. Andrew, what's next? I have a watch that I think I hate, <laughs> um, but has some really cool shit that I'm super excited about. And tell it me more is Citizens Eco Drive 365. Oh, yeah, I hate it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, you were right the first time. I. I just, I don't, I don't get it, right? These, these kind of are reminiscent of the, um, what are they, the world travelers that have the weird colorway with the globe design in the background, those GMTs, that's a citizen watch. Uh, the color, so, so the one that I'm looking at right now is, uh, a, just a, a train wreck of a case shape with a faux adventuring adventure adventuring dial. Are we sure it's faux adventuring? It's not adventuring. Okay. Uh, with like gold mixed with ruby. <sighs> these are just, these are fucking ugly, but an EcoDrive 365 is so cool. They have created a movement that they're releasing in, in you know, the, a top 10 worst watch release, including Bulova and Citizen <laughs> watch releases of the century with the perhaps coolest movement that has ever been in the way of an eco drive that on a full charge has a 365 day power reserve. This is stretching the limits of what courts and what eco drive can do. And this is so freaking cool. I don't know why I'm like, I'm, like sweaty about why they would drop it in this Train thing. Wreck like fucking like some some people are gonna like this, and I don't I don't want to poo poo on it because if you like it, awesome, right? There are a lot of watches out there that are as ugly as sin, and people are gonna like them and they're gonna wear them. For example, I saw a dude at the pumpkin patch this weekend wearing this weird schmashmorshan combination. Of a Santos. What was that word? Shmushmorshan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of a Santos, like kind of shape, but with like weird octagonal casing uh, that was all like faux diamond out. And, and yeah. he, yes. had, he had face tattoos. So that like, I, I don't really need to say more on that, but I saw it at a distance. I was like, that's an iced train wreck. What are you wearing? Like the Invicta wouldn't even do that. Who? Who did this? Uh, that's kind of what this watch is to me. It's got really weird geometry. If if they'd have just shaved off even one angle, I think this had a lot of potential to be cool. The faux Avengerine is a really weird choice. But yeah, and they're 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 pitching that faux Avengerine as if it's like 
an experimental dial technique. It's like, why don't you just just yeah, adventurine it? <laughs> this this thing's awful. Uh, the, it it the does have a Borgel case, though. I notice. Mm. <laughs> the, <laughs> the movement. This is such cool technology. I cannot wait to see what Citizen starts dropping this 365 into because I cannot imagine a world with like their ProMaster Diver with a 365. That I'm I'm there the day of drop. I'll stand in a line. I will be there for it because this is super super cool technology. Well, and it's fixing a real problem. We hear all the time from people, you know, DMs and whatnot about how, you know, folks can't, they just don't have enough charge with their EcoDrive watches. Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't last quite long enough. I'm being completely sarcastic. You have to leave it in a window. (laughs) No, it's a, you do. You, if you're, if it's not a regular wear watch, you have to leave it in a window because nobody likes the five second or three second jump to indicate a low battery. It's a really great idea. But how cool would it be to get your watch on a full charge and just drop it in your watch box like an actual grab-and-go quartz? This coming from the man who's been shitting on the Powermatic 80 for the last five years. The Powermatic 80 doesn't do what I want it to do. I want to be able to put my watch in my watch box in March and feel like in July wearing it again. No, it, it's good. I, I, and it's I, still running like a grab-and-go quartz. And that's what the goal of EcoDrive was to do, was to replace battery-powered quartz and it hasn't been able to do that until this point. And now it has. That technology now exists to replace a battery entirely and not require you to wind or set your watch. Right, I'm sold. Stop no, yelling at me. shut your mouth. This is <laughs> cool. This is Citizen's best release since the EcoDrive release. And they did it in the worst possible <laughs> platform. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, speaking of watches that should be really neat, but I just (laughs) simply can't, can't, I can't get over this fucking dial. It's so bad. The whole thing, man, the case, the case is, (laughs) I I mean, it's a complete non-starter. I don't even want to talk. I'm getting upset. This is so bad. There's a watch company called Alsta. Alsta is a old company. Quite. And and now they may or may not be uh, zombie eating brains. Uh, Alsta, famous, famous, perhaps most famously from Jaws, but with its own actual appeal as a company outside of Jaws. It made it into Jaws for a reason. Has released three new versions of the Nato Scaff, Scoff, which is uh, look. This watch is a pickle for me. Um, Why? uh, Look, (laughs) this is an H-Case vintage-inspired skin diver. We got a... Hold on. I'm going to talk about the good. So this is an autoscaf. If you know anything about the autoscaf, this is their sort of harshly angled H case. There's, there's also, there's a few different versions of the autoscaf. This is the sort of classic looking... Seiko, you know, H case type of deal. Uh, and and they've released three of these and, and they're all stunning. There is a steel cased with a beautiful red dial. And there are two Jaws red even. And there are two bronze case versions of these. And this is a really high end bronze that's gonna patina really nicely, one with a silver dial and one with a black dial. I'm maybe partial to the black dial with the bronze case. These are fantastic looking watches. 
Uh, really, really nice watches. They're not absurdly expensive. I think like six fifty for the steel case, eight fifty for the gold case for bronze. that. Not gold. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, bronze case. I mean, it's a real, it's real bronze. Okay, <laughs> these are great value propositions. Herein, we're gonna get to the first problem. This is a skin diver with three hundred meters of water resistance, or as they say, nine hundred ninety nine feet. That's cool. Skin divers aren't serious. These are not supposed to be 300. No. No. 110 max. Maybe 200 if you're pushing it, if you can keep them slim. Now, now look, is there a problem with more? No. We have the technology today to do more in terms of water resistance. So it is not a problem in and of itself to have a 300 meter skin diver. It is if it's 16.2 thick. What the Holy fuck? Holy shit. Look, so uh, there are a lot of people that love these watches, which will say, oh, it wears. No, 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 no. I've tried one of these on. This is fucking absurd. This watch is absurd. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. 16 millimeters is insane. It's insane. That I don't I don't know where all that growth is coming from. Now, they do have some booty. They have done a good job with the with the ergonomics on this thing to make it wear better than it should at 16, but it's still 16 millimeters. You can't get around it. These watches are ridiculous. Also, it's got an NH35. I'm sorry. Where is all of the thick coming from? It's all from the movement. It, it, it's just it's just huge, right? I'm sorry, Alsta. NH35 is a no. I mean, so here's the 16 thing. 16 is a no. A, a, a Ploprof is 18.3. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at three millimeters of distance of, of, of actual case Delta between a plow prof and a skin diver. That isn't it. This isn't it. No, that's a huge miss. No, it, this is look, I, I love the way these watches look. Their dials are gorgeous. Great. Every regard. Bezel's terrific. No His bracelet, which is problematic for me. Yeah, fine. It's, it sucks a little bit. But I know how much these cost to make, and that's problematic for me. 16 millimeters, fuck off. Fuck off. NH35, I'm fine. Actually, I'm okay with NH35. But if it means 16 millimeters on an HK skin diver, fuck You're right doing off all stuff. Fuck art. Just fuck right off, Austin. You're, yeah, this is this is a huge miss. This is this is skin diver adjacent. This is a modern iteration of a prospect dive watch in an H case. The good news here is, I think the rest of the watches we get to talk about tonight we like. <sighs> yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, actually, everything else we like. We've been really negative tonight. I mean, just Are two, we in bad moods? No, just two watches. The ugliest citizen ever made. Out and, on the planet with the coolest tech. What the fuck? And, and in fairness, we were pretty nice to this all stuff. You can't get past those things. Though. No, you can't get over a 16 millimeter skin diver because it's not. 
you can't call an Explorer a dive watch though it has 300 meters of water resistance. You just can't because it's just, it's objectively not. I did just look at the Warnham Wound write up on these, which Zach Kazan did. Zach Kazan's a, a very cool guy. I like that guy. Fuck. Uh, but but the we com- like him. <laughs> the, comments are, the comments are closed. Makes me wonder. <laughs> it's the thickness because it's objectively wrong. Yeah, this is, it, it's, it's a dumb, yeah. Moving on. Andrew, what's next? Oh, so I, I, this is a, a watch company that I'd kind of seen before, but had never really paid any attention to. I saw some mock-ups of this most recent release, and I was like super jacked about them. And I don't know how to say this. And I, I'm usually <laughs> pretty okay with just like taking a stab in the dark, but none of the letters are where they ought to be. I think it's the electricians. Yeah, reveals I think that's its what la- it. latest Mechaline watch collection, and this is just one of the most interesting designed watches. Like this, this looks like a space age things, and the electricians, uh, which is why I'm comfortable saying it. They use um, is allegory the right word? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they use like electrical component allegory in the design of their watches to just kind of be a part of the of the design language. And and the watch that um we're talking about is the Mechaline collection and this red one just does it for me. It kind of reminded me of when when we were at watch time <clears throat> And I, I put on, I don't even remember the company. It's the dude who had like liquid pressers. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, no clue. He had like a liquid 24-hour ring that was simultaneously powering these valves that were powering the hour and minute hands. And <laughs> it told the same time six different ways on the dial. And I was like, I, I honestly, I can't read this. I have no clue. It wasn't like an MBNF or something. No, I don't remember who it was. Mike told me, he's like, dude, you need to go look at these. These are cool and they're totally up your alley. Because it was just like, it was like, imagine an Apple watch with all of the technical things that it was doing and you didn't understand any of it and you couldn't tell the time. I was like, man, this is a go fuck yourself watch because this is $200,000 and I can't tell you what time of day it is. (laughs) I can't even estimate. I like put me outside and be like, ah, it's morning. <laughs> uh, but these are, I, I, I don't really care much for the, the watch aspect of it, but just a super cool design. They're huge. They're like 40 some millimeter watches. Where's the spec sheet on here? Um, uh, 43 or the case is a 46 to 47. So it's 46 and a half. They said they wear it a 43, 44, but this is what actually got me intrigued by it. This looks like a super high horology, super technical, like Richard Mealy feel too cool for school watch. 545 bucks. And that that kind of sung to me. I was like, wait a second. This is some like haute 
cool shit in all of the design language and all of the just the way that it does nothing and everything all at the same time for under a thousand dollars. Hmm. This this might now you're speaking my language here because there's nothing. I look interesting in the watch way about this. This is weird design. It's all super smartwatch feely, but it's also cool because it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I forgot about this watch when I said we were going to talk about watches. We like it's got four led backlights. Cause I hate so it. It carries a battery on board just to light everything up is using an automatic movement it's just weird. It's using a Miyota 82SO mechanical. This is, it's just weird. And I'm kind of into it. Yeah, mechanical movement. And I think it's got a a, a battery. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's got a battery on board for its LED only. There's a, I, there's a little bit... <clears throat> I think there's a little bit too much affectation here for me. Um, I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't refer to this as hot. Uh, it's got all that like it's weird fot horology. Uh, I accept fot. Did did we just make up a word? Fot. It's patented. We have copyrighted it. TM'd. It's fot. Better don't be using that. Right. It's like that. What's what's the what's the company that makes the uh, oh the help f- me help you fake uh, like MBNF style. They're not MBNF, but they're sort of. I'll come. It'll come to me. Uh, but they actually just have a mechanical movement inside of them, and like they look like they're going to be something really interesting, but then they're actually just anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take it back a step because sometimes we don't need LEDs more is more or like printed GPS coordinates uh Tamor watch company a company one of the original dirty dozen companies the Tamor watch company uh made made a dirty dozen watch and and here they are here they are some 80 years later and they've released a modern field watch in the style of, and I, I use that term loosely in the style of a WWW watch. This is a hundred meter PVD case, uh, 36 and a half millimeters, 12 millimeters thick, Salida SW260, which I think is a like 200 series with mm-hmm. a with a small seconds, uh, pretty easy on the eyes, simple field watch. There is not a lot more to say about this. Um, you may want to criticize the small seconds subdial being only. 30 seconds, but the second hand runs both directions. Um, This is both boring and interesting. Uh, 
And I think I kind of dig it. And I think I kind of dig it. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this? 36 and a half millimeters for a modern field watch. Oh, okay. I, I, I was initially confused by the uh, 24 hour ring just because of its placement. On yeah. The, it, it looks like it's part of the sub dial. It, yeah. It looked like it was part of the sub dial. And I was like, there's just no way that you go from 15 seconds to 17 seconds to 18 to 19. Like that. I'm not, I'm not an especially smart person. Geometry is not really my thing, but I do <laughs> also understand that half of 12 or double of 12 is not 18. Uh, but it's actually the the interior 24-hour ring. I'm not a huge fan of the way they've marked out the small seconds. Mm. Yeah. I kind of, in this instance, would have preferred cutouts into the 5, 6, and 7, uh, which is something that I'm not sure I ever would have said. Yeah. Because I don't typically like cutouts. You've had too much pumpkin beer. Um, Maybe. Uh, but barring that, and even with it, like the more I, I look at it, the more okay I am with it. I like that PVD case. It's really simple. I, the font is super modern. Like this is a very modern iteration of this watch, and yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I like the brand font. I'm not. I'm not. Um wild about the font for the arabics but it's fine uh the, the font that tamora is written in actually reminds me of a, a little bit of the font that we used for the foster it's really similar yeah you've it's got a similar vibe i, I think this is pretty neat that there's not I, I mean look this is a dirty dozen watch there, there's just not a ton going on here and i don't mean that as a criticism um You've got kind of an interesting stepped bezel. There's one detail I don't like, which is that at 12 o'clock, rather than 24 in the 24-hour track, you've got a circle T. I don't believe that there's any tritium on this thing. I think that's maybe a circle T for Tamor. I um, would hope so, yeah. It'd be and, cool if it's trit, though. And I don't love that. It doesn't. I do not believe there's any tritium on this. And, I, and so I think in a military watch, Circle T pretty. means something and it can't, you can't just you can't lie. Right. And, 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 and yeah, maybe it's not a lie, but it's also, so these are a thousand bucks, which I, is it a value proposition? I'm, I'm not sure. You've got a decent enough movement. You've got a, a historic watch company. You've got a bunch of stuff going on here. But is a, is a zombie sufficient to substantiate a price? I mean, in, in fairness, like they're spending money on this watch. You've got a good movement. You've got PVD. Yeah. You've got, you've got the things here. I think it's coming on nylon. I think it might be a, just a little bit steep, a steep at a thousand bucks. Uh, pre-order available this summer or, you know, this coming summer. So that's another downside. Um, with that said, I'm, I think I'm okay with this watch. It's got three, one, six L steel. It does. I saw that. That's pretty, that's pretty good. PVD coded for maximum stealth as written by, um, 
<laughs> Tanner Tran of Worn and Wound. Maximum stealth. All right, Andrew. Last call. <clears throat> okay. Oh, boy. What do I want to talk about? So I mentioned that I would, that we were talking about uh, Rolex calls. Oh, gosh. I also want to. <sighs> okay. Um, so there is some really good data coming from watch charts indicating that the Rolex supply chain issue is coming to an end. We have seen a 6.7% decrease in the secondary market prices from April to now, which is 31% less than two years ago. We're seeing availability of Explorer 36s and of, it's not Air Kings, it's, um, doesn't matter. We're seeing steady and consistent declines in secondary market pricing of Rolex specifically, which is a really good indicator for supply chain stability. So from this article that I'm going to link to, uh, it, it comes from Lex Stoke out of Fratello with some data from, uh, who did I say? Watch charts. We might be, we might be bouncing back. It's happening. Of course. Air all kings. things all things are relative, right? Right, but we're getting into a world where it's no longer a two, three-year wait with a deposit placed or three times MSRP. Yeah, it sounds like Explorer 2's Air Kings are both showing up showing with up. like yeah. buy it off the shelf. I'm going to Vegas this weekend and I will report back if I can put an Explorer 2 or an Explorer 136 on my wrist and potentially walk out of it. Because I would imagine Las Vegas is probably pretty well stocked. And, and, and look, you're not going to be able to just go in and buy. You're not going to go a, buy a sub. You're not going to go buy yeah, a Daytona. A Daytona yeah. you're, those, those are forever and always waitlist watches. But with a stable supply chain, we're also going to see less emphasis on purchase history. So you're not going to have to buy two tutors and a date just just to be able to get your hands on a sub or an explorer. Though you could buy those watches. I'm not saying you shouldn't if, if you have the means and the inclination. But this is interesting. We're seeing some some stabilization which also means the secondary market's going to come way down. So we're going to be into a world where we can again buy an Explorer for a reasonable used price. Andrew, I gave you a last call, but I saw some physical expressions of consternation. Would you like a, another last call? Maybe a, a honorable mention moment? Uh, yes. 
Serica release. Uh, so Serica is one of the watches, watch brands that we talked about pre-wind up a couple years ago that we were most excited to see. It was the most, for me, exciting watch brand that I got to put my hands on their watches. They have introduced their new 6190 field chronometer. Uh, and I, I got to say, this is um, in photographs. These watches are meh at best. They're lovely. They're well-designed. The bracelet kind of looks iffy. Bless you times two. Um, they're kind of pedestrian. In person, these watches are next level. Very much like Circula. Watches that you see a photograph of and you're like, oh, that's cool and you just kind of move on, you can't fully appreciate these watches not in person. So there's three new dial variations coming in on 6190, which is something that Serica does that's really interesting is they'll drop one watch and like kind of a handful of options. They'll do kind of a California, they'll do a field, um, and they'll do uh, like a uh, kind of sector-ish dial. They've done it again with the 6190, and this thing is super cool. They're using the Soprod M100 uh, case size on these is, oh gosh, 37.7. You beat me to it. 10.8 thick, 200 meters of water resistance, these bonklet bracelets that they're using, it, I was blown away by. They just drape over your wrist. They're super comfortable. Uh, 990 euros. So what's that like? Yeah, 1090, yeah, 1100 yeah. bucks right now without your customs tax. So like 1200 bucks. Uh, I gotta say, this. This is one of my most underappreciated brands. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. And and, and you said that these these watches don't photograph well. I, I disagree. I think they photograph. You, you suggested maybe. Uh, I think the second I saw these, I was like, this is special. I, I think that they continue to be. I, I mean, at a thousand bucks, you know, this isn't this isn't Hot or even Fot Horology. This is. A pretty pedestrian watch made for the masses. This is very much like Zen, very much like even like Zodiac, just simple, well-designed, well-executed, good shit. I think much like a brand like Laurier, perhaps, mm -hmm. they've done this thing which is familiar and, and, you know, at first glance, maybe a lot like other things. But you see a Serica, you know it's Serica. Uh, beautiful finishing, really wearable watches. These all have all the new ones have enamel dials. I mean, yeah. this is this is a, tr a terrific brand. I, I I don't have any real strong thoughts about this release specifically. I'm excited to see the new case, the slim down case. Uh, yeah, Serica, man. 
Chronometer, a thousand bucks. Underappreciated. Yeah. This Very is much underappreciated. One of, this is a top five most underrated brand. Yeah. Like so. it, it fits very much in like the Monta world for me in what they're putting to market. They could charge way more for. Yeah. But they don't have the brand recognition or ask to be able to do so. Yeah, well, and, and you also get the feeling that they're just they've set a margin and they're gonna they're gonna do yeah. it, and that's that. Christopher Ward, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the owners are just lovely. Like some of the coolest people I met. He was super hard to understand, very French. But he said if I was in Paris, you just stop by and see him. him. Yeah, and probably won't be in Paris. My friend, other things. What do you? Ooh, got? I got another thing. So I watched a movie this weekend. Um, it's a movie I've been seeing some ads for on Peacock. Like when you watch movies on Peacock, now you have to watch like two minutes of ads. Um, and it looked funny. And it recently became available on streaming on Peacock exclusively. I know you don't have Peacock. It's the movie Strays, which tells the story of stray dogs. Like actual stray dogs? Yeah, like a dog who becomes stray. And and let me just I've run. seen this movie. You've seen it? Yeah, With Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx and Isla Fisher and Randall Pack and or Park and Will Forte. <laughs> like, no, it was a cartoon from the this isn't, late eighties. This isn't uh Lady and the Tramp. Uh so so let me just I'm gonna so Will Ferrell is the main character as a dog. Jamie Foxx is his compatriot, Isla Fisher, Randall Park, Will Forte. Brett Gelman, Rob Riggle, Josh Gad, Sofia Vergara. Like, just this star-studded cast. I watched it thinking, I was like, yeah, it's going to be pretty funny. And it was somewhere, it, it felt kind of like super bad when it first came out. Right, like super bad kind of meets sausage party in the way of just ridiculous enough, just enough actual story that you remained invested. This movie cracked me up. It was the adult version of Homeward Bound in all the right ways, and it killed me. And I think that was kind of the goal, to be reminiscent uh, for, for folks our age who grew up on Homeward Bound. Mm-hmm. And who have been watching Bolt with their kids and are now like ready to watch movies by themselves again. It cracked me up. The whole movie, start to finish, I didn't worry about checking my watch. I didn't, I did not care what else was going on in the world. You don't. I loved this. So the movie I was thinking of was All Dogs Go to Heaven, mm. uh, which. I, I don't know anything about the movie we're talking about today. I've looked at the promotional materials. I'm going to take your word for it, but it's very hard for me to believe it's good. I loved it. Uh, it's not a good movie, but it's now an I'm enjoyable have to watch movie. It. Now I'm going to have to watch it's it. It's an entertaining movie. All right. All right. Well, I'm a big fan of All Dogs Go to Heaven. That doesn't mean anything in this conversation, but I just want to say it for the record. I haven't watched that with the kids yet. I don't know if you can stream it anywhere. Not sure. We should that try to find be, it. Yeah, that would be a good movie for the kids. Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. Uh, uh, so I, 
I've talked about tools on this show before. I like tools. I like good tools. Uh, and, and when when I have a tool that I want to get, I go to like you know I, I do the I do the thing right as as one does. <clears throat> With that said, you know here I am. I've got all these tools. I've got a great. I've got. I just got. I got stuff. The, the tool that I reach for the most often <laughs> is a. <laughs> Is a six and one screwdriver. The one I have sucks. It, it's not bad. It was a cheapie. I'm not sure where I got it. it it's like everyone's six and one. It just like it it predates their existence. Like I've that's just right. always had this. <laughs> that's right. And grandma maybe got it for you when you were four. A, a brief aside. Have I told you about my um, wedding toolkits? No. So I have started to put together toolkits for my kids to give to them when they get married. And the idea is to get timeless, high quality, maybe not maybe not heirloom quality, but something like that tools, right? Just get craftsman lifetime warranty. Well, sure, that's part of it, you, you know, but but I don't want it to just be warrantied. I want it to be, you know, something that it, you don't need a warranty because this is just always going to work. That's tough, right? It, I have so many of my grandpa's like hand tools that are just rusted pieces of shit and I can't part with them because it was like grandpa's tool. Right. That's just a rusted piece of shit now. So I've started to put these things together. The the idea is that they're not going to be outrageously expensive. They're not going to be complicated. It, it's going to be it's going to be some uh, like a version of that silver plastic box mm-hmm. that everybody gets when they get their first house. It's got like a hammer and screwdrivers, and it's going to be a version of that, but with you know more. Anyway, so I I thought well the six in one is is the tool that I use the most. I mean, is it's like the it's six tools in one. It's the screwdriver that I reach for almost always, right? I've got screwdrivers, like dozens and dozens of screwdrivers, and I reach for the six in one most of the time. You, you typically get a number one and a number two, both in flat and in mm-hmm. Phillips. Um, a couple diamonds. That's right. And then you get stars. And then you get a hex. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, and so... I decided I wanted to try to find a good six in one. And I when you when you start this search, you find that a lot of people recommend multi-tip screwdrivers that that have a, a, a way too many way too many bits, things that could get lost, uh you, you know, complicated systems for complicated systems for like storing bits etc and and i don't want that i don't want to have to unscrew anything the six and one is perfect because everything's right there if you if you want to go bigger you just flip it around if you if you need a flathead you just flip the bit around it's a really really simple design which is what makes it good i found a six and one Klein Tools makes a six and one Klein Tools is a famous electrician's brand um, they, they just make really good tools. I do not believe the Klein tools six and one is made in the United States, which surprised me. 
I couldn't see any references to that. But I picked one of these up. I picked it up in person at Lowe's, which was perhaps the biggest surprise. Um, and it's great. It's great. I could just tell the second I touched it, I was like, I'm going to have this tool forever. Now, the only, I think the only thing I'm, I'm maybe a little tentative about. So I didn't get, I didn't get three of these for the, for the toolkits yet. Cause I'm going to use this thing and make sure it works. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes me nervous about Klein tools is because they're electricians, screwdrivers it's got a rubberized, it's got a rubber sleeve on the handle. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering the longevity of that. I'm concerned about that because there are others. Um, I, I think you can get a snap-on version of this that's that's just a resin handle. There's also like a, a company called Precision Tools that makes a resin version. Anyway, I, I got the Klein tool. I'm really, really happy with it so far. I, I need to do some long-term testing on this, but... I bought it for ten bucks. Yeah, nine ninety eight at the Lowe's. Ten bucks at Lowe's in person. Klein Tools, really, really great heritage company, and it's the same as their top of the line screwdrivers. Yeah, um, yeah, and so that's my other thing for the week because I'm kind of I'm kind of pumped about it. I'm pumped about it. You should be. This is an interesting pick. The rubberized grip is kind of my. Is always my hang up because if if the rubber doesn't fail, the adhesive that secures the rubber to the resin fails. Well, you'll you'll have to you'll have to look at it because it's it's not exactly what what you're thinking. It, it's it, yeah, and and so also if you're if you're at home listening, it's also ten bucks. So Google this cares? thing because it, it might not look. This looks like a classic tool because that's that's what it is um it, it's not one of these newfangled molded no. you know hyper grip no it's like a it's like a, a rubber cushion around a resin screwdriver this this thing looks like it could have been made in any of the last five decades yeah. uh which i like I, I i like that sort of timeless aesthetic uh, yeah, so this is the candidate. This is the latest candidate for the six and one for the legacy heirloom toolkit. Fix your set. own shit. Yeah, toolkit. That like they'll it. get that they'll get when they get married, or if they decide not to get married, I'll find some other when they buy a house. Time. Yeah, maybe that's it. You you're a homeowner now. Here's your kit. Or you've moved out. I'm not coming to your apartment to help you fix your. <laughs> <laughs> your debauchery that's right <clears throat> yeah here here's a drywall saw godspeed <laughs> yeah uh so that's all i got andrew anything uh you you would like to add before we hang them up for the day i think we gotta hang them up i'm out of things you're all out of things you're so lost without me oh always hey thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 the Watch Clicker podcast. I did do the intro last week. Really rough. I'll listen and give you a grade next week. Why don't you check us out at watchclicker.com. That's where we post every episode of this podcast, but also where we post reviews, photographs, articles, other good stuff. Watchclicker.com. You can also check us out on socials at 40 and 20, excuse me, at watchclicker at 40 and 20 underscore watchclicker, both on Instagram. And if you want to support us and... We really hope you do. You can do that at patreon.com 
slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next week for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.